life. Say that. It will rain in my life. It will rain in my family. It will rain in my career. It will rain in my ministry. It will rain in my business. It will rain in my home. It will rain in the lives of my children. Say, Jesus shall reign forevermore. Of the increase of his government. Say that again, loudly. And of peace. There shall be no end. Say it, the church shall advance. And the gates of hell will not be able to withstand the advance. Say in the name of Jesus. Light will prevail. Life will prevail. Say that again. Light will prevail. The light of Jesus will prevail. It will conquer darkness. It will conquer his enemies. In the name of Jesus Christ. And in that light, we declare as follows from the book of Psalm chapter 2. Everybody want to let's go. Why are the nations in an opera and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of this earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, Let us tear their fathers apart and cast away the cause from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord coughs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, Verse 6, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. 7. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall dash them with a rod of iron, shall break them, shall shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he may not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Let me say it again. Please, let's read verse 12 again, everybody. Two whole made to the son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. One more time. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. If anybody tells you God does not get angry, tell him to read this scripture. Jesus can get angry. If you don't want him to be angry, what do you do? He said, do homage to the son, or use the King James, kiss the son. Submit yourself to the son. Now we declare, everyone who resists the son will perish out of the way. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The other day they told me that one man somewhere is trying to play with one of our radio um, um, broadcasts. Trying to get us off their station because it's in a so-called Muslim area. And the man is a Muslim. When they told me, I laughed. And I literally laughed. So I was asked that, should we move to another radio station? I said, moving is not my problem. But God will make him an example. That's all I have to say. I won't say more than that. The only thing God will do for him as a favor is warning. If God loves him, it's not my duty to worry about him. I don't know him. But right now, I am angry. Against anybody that rises against the knowledge of Christ Jesus. 
Why it is written, kiss the son, lest he be angry. And when he's angry, you know what happens? You perish out of the way. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Listen to me. In your li- not to say your lifetime, but maybe it's a long time. In a short while, you will see the tangible manifestation of the power of God. Amen. Listen, it always goes first of all. Hmm? It always goes first of all with judgment. That's the problem. It always goes first of all with judgment. Yes, it always goes first of all with judgment. You know, the other day, I said some of some things here. I didn't even know that. Can I find that quote? I, I wish I could quote it for you. It's somewhere on my phone, but it will take my time to look for it. Abraham Lincoln said something. He was speaking somewhere during the war. He said, I wish this war will end quickly. He said, but it must be shown that God is righteous. He said, if it is necessary, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember the exact words. That for every, he was talking about slaves. That was when I realized that man, that man actually fought that war for slavery. He said, for as long as it would take for God to require and collect every drop of blood that has been shed of the slaves. And for every unpaid labor that they have given, that the Lord will take it to show that he's righteous. He said, I want the war to, to end quickly. He said, but it will rather, that is, it will endure until every drop of blood that needs to be shed to demonstrate the righteousness of God has been shed. The day I read it, that was just a few weeks ago. Listen, my mouth dropped, my opened. Because, you know, I've said things like that before. That when God wanted to take his, in quote, pound of flesh for the sufferings given to the slaves, he killed one million Americans. One million. The number of soldiers that died was about, I think, either 700,000 or 800,000. The rest, rest were, not, were not soldiers, they were civilians. And then I now read the words of Abraham Lincoln. I said, my father. I thought I was saying revelation. I didn't even know men knew this thing, and they said it long before. That was the president during the war. I'll, I'll get the quote for you, maybe before I leave. So I can give you his exact words. But his emphasis was that the righteousness of God must be demonstrated. What am I going to explain? It goes first of all. That was the, they had to pay. Somebody had to pay before the slaves could be freed. For hundreds of years, slave trade was going on. God said, and that's how it does. I'm still meditating on that and I never thought, I've, I've said things along the line, but I never really thought it fully because I've not fully understood it. And I, you, might, you may have heard me, heard me say things like, that God is judging spirits. Yeah, what God is judging is bigger than just one individual. Bigger than just one group of people. What is judging is bigger. And sometimes you see, therefore, generations will come, generations will go. Then he will bring his judgment against one generation. Like he said to Jerusalem. He said, so that the, how did he say it again? That the judgment for all the blood of the prophets shed from the time of Abel to that of Zechariah who perished before the porch of the altar that we brought against this generation. He said, I will now give them prophets to kill. Let me explain to you what happened in, Israel, in Jerusalem. The Romans killed every living thing they found. Man, woman, child. And Jesus warned them ahead. He said, this is what you are going to see. 
He said, when you see the armies surround Jerusalem, know that her desolation is near. So the desolation of Jerusalem was the judgment of God for the death of Abel. When they killed Isaiah, God said, I'm watching. Many prophets they killed. Many they tortured, they couldn't kill. But God said, every single act will be brought to judgment. And listen to me. Woe betide the generation that fills the cup and lets the judgment fall in their time. There is no act of wickedness that God does not punish. None. None. There is no act of wickedness. Listen to me. When you are preaching to people, teach them these things. This God wants you to prosper is the problem we have. This nice, nice God we preach is the problem we have. Explain it. He is a God that has indignation, the Bible says, every day. So, what is the gospel of Jesus? Come and be saved. When they say saved, it doesn't mean church. It means be delivered. There is a judgment to come. Anytime I see mass destructions, mass disasters, I don't remember the devil. I say, well, they pushed him to that limit. So the people of Rwanda should go and check what pushed the Lord to this extent. So that 800,000 died in three months. What happened? The people in Indonesia, <laughs> and you know, I particularly want to tell them, I wish they would listen to me. Because there was a, a tsunami. Was it Indian Ocean? There was an earthquake at the bottom of the ocean. The wave raced towards the coast. And then it hit Indonesia in Bandaje. Both Indonesia and about six or seven other nations around lost over 250,000 human beings in one day. When it happened, one brother sent me a message. He said, oh God, you said it. I couldn't remember saying it. He said one day I was preaching, and I said that, ha, these people are playing this way. I mentioned Indonesia. He said, I shook my head and I said that I'm sorry for them, that the day God will answer, they will see. Three years later or so, this happened. So he says, sir, you know you said this. Did you know I couldn't remember saying it? You know what the Spirit is upon me to say again? They have not seen anything yet. They haven't seen anything yet. Oh, God. That was a primer. What do I call that? A primer. It's a warning. Say, I'll be back. That's what he has said. I'll be back. I want you to understand your frailty. I want you to understand that you don't amount to anything. I want you to understand that if I do like this, you're dead like a mosquito. I want you to understand. Kiss the sun. Lest he be angry again. When the tsunami hit, the one that caused problem in Fukushima, the Japanese um, tsunami that happened a few years ago, you know, I can't remember the exact because let me not put it wrongly. But it overwhelmed the defense they prepared by about 200%. Let me explain and say. If they built walls to withstand six meter high tsunamis, this one came at 18 meters. So all the defenses, I mean, Japanese people are very diligent. You're a shna, you're a gangai. Some people know what I'm talking about. Some people are looking at, oh, did you just speak in tongues? I spoke Japanese tongues. They made Toyota for you. Made Nissan. They make some of the best 
electronics in the world. Why you don't buy them much is the price. They have a very strong currency, so it's quite expensive when it leaves their country. They are good. What I just quoted for you, they call it good thinking, good products. And then they have a culture between the built companies like Toyota, a culture of continual improvement. It's a culture, it's a company culture. That is, this one must be better than the one of last year. These are the people that built resi- I mean, do you get my point? They built defenses against tsunami. And the Lord said, all right, let's see. They built it well. Warnings, everything. I mean, think about it. They had a nuclear reactor. Nuclear power plant. They knew all the risks. The Lord said, let us see. You know why? Because he has sworn. The word has gone out of his lips. Saying, to me, every knee must bow. Every Japanese knee must bow. Every tongue must swear allegiance. They must say of me that only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Hear the word of the Lord. Listen, until you get to that point, you are not safe. No matter your technology, there's nothing you can have to prevent God from executing that judgment. There's nothing. Apart from kiss the sun. They built it. God said, let's watch. This time around, he sent an angel stronger than the last one. That one raised heavier waves. It dwarfed all the defenses as if they were not there. Flooded and ruined the nuclear reactor. They are still contending with it till today. Again, take this word to the Japanese people. He said, I'll be back. I'll be back. That's what he said. I'll be back. The Jesus we are serving is so alive and present and involved. You should be watching your shoulder. As you are typing a message, just know he's reading it right beside you. Just now you have two heads. One is yours. One is what the Bible calls the Spirit of God. You know, the seven spirits of God that's moving over all the earth. One of them is the Spirit of God looking over your shoulder. That's Jesus looking. Jesus sees everything. He's everywhere. So when you want to type that message, when you want to lie to your husband, when you want to deceive your parent or your children, when you are going to a website where you can't tell us you went to, when you want to hack into somebody's account, some people don't know it's bad. They think you are being smart. No, you're a thief. Apostle, give me the, the, the spiritual word for that thing. What is it? Thief. Oyoshi. Ole. Barao. What is it? What is it in um, Urobo again? Oji. Thank you. Somebody give me another language. There will be plenty for here. If I have not called your native tongue, give, give it to me. Nobody from Kogi here. Some of these people that don't go home. They say they are from Kogi. They are actually from Congo. That's something about Nigeria. Let me not go there. People will tell me they are from here. Do you know where you are from? You don't know. I've told people that from that part of Enugu, let me not say more than that. You are from Kogi. They just caught you. You know, federal government decides for you where you are from, and you're not even ashamed of yourself. You'll be claiming it. Some people will sit down and plan. You know, there are people in Imo State. This year, they are in Rivers. <laughs> Next day creation, they are in Imo. Then they create the state again. They are now in Rivers State. And they will be, jo- be joining IPOB. You don't even know where you are from. <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember Olu Shola Saraki, we said that he's a Northerner. And we look at him, okay, your name is Olu Shola. He said, it doesn't matter, I'm a Northerner. <laughs> the Lord is good. And the pastor wanted to say, people don't even know that in the city, that they don't know they are thieves. Who told me the other day that somebody will come and tell a pastor that the woman doesn't want to pay. You know, the boy is trying to scam a white woman. And the woman is beginning to suspect. Now goes to the pastor and says, please, it looks like she doesn't want to pay. And the man will come out of the pastor's meeting, hold the boy's hands. In the name of Jesus, if you are like that, your perishment is quick. Do you like my English? I don't know which other word to use. You will soon perish. The people that God perishes most severely are those that lead other people. Yes. And tell all pastors, tell them, you are setting yourself up for destruction. They will make you target practice for the sin you commit and the one you made Israel commit. That's the point. That's why James warned and said, look, look, let's not all be teachers because teachers will be judged more severely. Reason, they commit, then they make others commit. So by the time I give you words, give you counsel, give you instructions that are not the word of God, and then you go and do that which displeases the Lord. The Lord will say, how many strokes for this? The angel will say, Lord, you said ten strokes of the king for this kind of disobedience. Say yes. Say give the disobedient tea, Abi. No, disobedienta, right? Yeah. Disobedienta, give him six. The disobedient tea pastor that taught him to do this one, four. So you that disobeyed, six strokes. Me, four. There's only one problem. There are ten of you I taught. How many strokes only me? Forty. Everybody gets away with six, six strokes. I get forty. For the sin that he committed and made Israel to commit. This Christianity, we are not joking. No. This is not, this year, you shall buy a new car. See, that's not the problem. God can give you 10 new cars or can make you trek, and both of them is the will of God. So let's leave that matter. Let's, let's, let's leave the things that have to do with childhood and go on to maturity. There's trouble at the door. You are, pro, you are confessing motoka. There's trouble at the door. You are saying, this year I shall build a house. Okay, God said, I give you the house. Then they burn it in a riot. He said, you had faith. Yeah, your faith has worked. Amen? Amen. Your disobedience has also worked. Your lack of focus, your inability to appreciate the things that are excellent has also worked. January, you build the house dedicated by middle of uh, July. The house was back to ashes. You are back to square one. It's time for serious Christianity. That's the point I'm making. It is time for serious Christianity. I, I was saying, Jesus is, a, is alive. He's well. He's watching you. He's watching you with a microscope. Is watching it with a hatoscope. You know what they call a hatoscope? Yeah, it's a spiritual word. It doesn't exist in medicine. Yes. It looks into your heart. Said that action of yours. What was the intention? Somebody say, give, and the law will multiply. God said, multiplication is not a problem. I take what did not exist, and I bring something in that, in that place. So I can multiply zero until it becomes a million. Yeah. They cause those things that be not as though they were. So mother transition will say it calls into existence that which did not exist. So it's not a problem. But I, the Lord, I do what? I scope the heart. 
I test the mind. I check exactly why you are bringing your seed. If it is so that you can get more, you're obviously a selfish soul. Thinking only of yourself. Your seed is dead on arrival. You know, I've not preached this in a while. So many people have forgotten. They've gone back to their bad ways. Yes, the Lord tests the heart. He's watching every step. He's watching every intention. The emphasis for today. And he's judging it. Oh, he's judging it. He's judging it. He's judging it. You will not go scot-free. Suppose I should say these things. Now people should learn. Because people just joke with the Lord. If you know what is wrong, what you are doing is wrong, and you deliberately do it, you will not go scot-free. You know what he said? There's no sacrifice for that one. Say, Pastor Bang, what if I repent? After you have tempted the Lord thy God, he will forgive you. He will, almost certainly he will. But he will not say something to you. But it's important you don't do that again. That's the bit I've made. I won't say more than that. Go and pray about it. Because it varies from person to person. If the person is very small and doesn't understand anything, and yet he deliberately does something that is wrong, that nevertheless is usually very small. But when people like Apostle Okemuti now get up, knowing that you should not turn your stones to bread, you can't lie with the word when you are preaching because you want to collect money. You now say, Pastor Banky said we need money. So you go up there. And go and lie to the people. Say, how much are you supposed to raise? No, he asked me, how much this I should raise? And I look and say, um, I think uh, we need like 15 million. So don't come down from there until the people have given 15 million. Tell them they should bring the money on Monday because you want to wash their hand with oil so that they can prosper quicker. When you know it's a lie, you just want to be sure they bring it. And you want to count it. And then you too foolishly obey Pastor Bank instead of telling him that, oh God, my wife phoned me. That our house is on fire. Which kind of fire? When I get there, I'll find out. When I get there, I'll see the stove is on fire. Praise God. Is it, it's not fire. Yeah. Say, but it's a lie. Say, the judgment for that one is smaller. <laughs> the pastors actually carry the microphone. They get to the pulpit. Praise God. I've been given this privilege this morning by Father and the Lord because of... Um, he realized that there's a special unction, uh, unction upon me this morning. You know, one man on TV, I watched him one day. He was preaching like that. I was watching him. He was preaching. I you know I told you that I have this, I don't know whether it's a suspicious spirit <laughs> or it's a real spirit of discernment. I don't know. But I was looking at this guy. I said, this, I told my wife, there's something funny about this fellow. So today, I want to talk about the power of your seed. You see, American man, I was looking at him. I said, this guy you're in trouble. In my mind, I just said, do you know what? Two years later, he was in jail. I told my wife, I said, come and see. She I told you. I saw this guy. He shot one ago. And the way he was talking that day, I said, this guy is not, he's not speaking for God. He's lying. Two years later, he was in prison. <laughs> no. I'm so sorry, Lord. I burst into laughter. I said, I should have known he was going to go to jail. And that's the mercy of God. The ones that God is tired of, they didn't go to jail. They went to the grave. Someone will get up first speaking. The Lord now said to me this morning, as his house is growing, it's a time for protection. Because Nigeria, we're in hard times. Difficult times. They'll take advantage of the fears of the people because they want to collect their money. So now you are going to sow a seed for protection. For you, for your wife, for your children. As you go out, you say, Lord, 
This is my covenant with you. If you ever made a covenant with offerings, just know you are not normal. You don't know anything. I hope Christians are hearing me. You make covenant with the blood of Jesus by giving your life to Christ. You don't, that, you don't own anything anymore. People say, I've covenanted with God. Which covenant? It's in the Bible. You can never give it to God that which belongs to him already. It's an express commandment. If your life belongs to Christ, you can't give it to Christ. I don't know whether you heard me. You didn't hear what I said? Yes, sir. If you have given your life to Christ, you can't say, Lord, from today, I pledge that this tongue will only be used to praise you. That's it. What were you going to use it for before? Your pledge does not count. Just do what is right with your mouth and stop talking nonsense. So I've committed this. Eh, every bit of you belongs to me. So let's leave this issue of uh, I'm giving God a special seed. God said, wait, wait. How much did you bring? I brought 100,000. Say, how much is left? Say, 800. You're a thief. You took 900,000 of my money. And you are giving me 100,000, I should be grateful. And I should bless you. Oh yeah, I want everything. 900K. Complete. Put it here. Go. Will you bless me? No. I blessed you before, you didn't appreciate it. That is how Jesus reasoned so. Those of you have been making covenants with cash. I hope you've stopped that nonsense. You know why? The money has never been yours. What you can do every day is to repent of your disobedience. I hope you're getting my point. Because the whole of you, from the hair on your head to the soles of your feet, belong to him. So if those, those feet have been going to where it's not supposed to go, what do you do? You repent. The, you know the staircase you're not supposed to climb. It's dark. Why do you climb it? Because you love the deeds of darkness. You're using color to go to a woman's house. You will soon fall from upstairs. <laughs> hey, the man I'm talking to, you know yourself. When you hit the ground, it is your wife that will come and carry you from there. And if you like, you know, some, there are some Agbaya things that men do. At this your age, you are still lying on where you went to. Are you not even ashamed of yourself? You don't have some pride. Let me just warn you, that staircase that you have been climbing, the Lord has put an angel upstairs Next time you come, no matter how careful you are, you will know how you fell down. You will fall into a pool of water, you will break a leg. You didn't hit the ground. Though. You will know the Lord broke your, your legs, two of them. And you will know, please call my wife. That's the first thing you will say. <laughs> By the time your wife is arriving, the stupid woman you came to see will also be arriving. Shame on you. Shame. Apostle, we should buy a cane for some people. <laughs> Carry them to the front of the church and beat them well. Don't even love your children. We're bringing a spirit of immorality and halotry into your home. You that I'm talking to, you know you logged in today. Because God wants to save your life. Next time you fall, you fall with your head. Now find your wife and another husband within eight months of your death. She'll just manage to mourn you for four extra months. Forget you in three weeks. Rubbish and nonsense. Yes, call me Jeremiah if you like. <laughs> but we must walk in righteousness. Amen. We must. But we let Boko Haram invade the whole place because of the unrighteousness of the people. <laughs> the pastor that was lying with money. Remember that guy we were talking about just now? Tell your Jew I'm not doing it again. 
Because when God wants to punish, six strokes for the man who did it, four for the man who sent it. Remember that? You will die first. That's the point I'm making. It's not because of security. So if I don't leave, if I, if I live here now, what will my wife eat? If you are dead now, what will she eat? Ah, I must preach the fear of God. The person said the cure for fear is what? Yeah, a greater fear. So you have to fear God more than you fear sack. That's the problem we have in Nigeria today. People don't fear God anymore. Oh, by the way, civil servant, I hope you are hearing me. Christian one. The next figure you manipulate is the last you will manipulate. All of you manipulators, say amen. amen. They refuse to say amen now. Apostle, that's why I call them manipulators. Everybody they fear now. It's good. We have to preach fear. It's called the fear of God. This age, you are still forging receipts. I like one of my brothers said those days. It's come to transfer him from to another part of the country. So when they were talking, he said, they said in the hotel for is it three months or so. I said, oh boy, three months. Ah, he said, yes, now they were going to pay. I didn't know anybody in that city. He said, I did, but I want to stay in the hotel. He now said something. He said, at this age, will I be forging receipt? Do you not see any don't know me? That was the shit. He said, look, they won't, he said, they won't give me the money otherwise. He said, so, let me stay in the hotel. He said, I will not forge receipt for anybody. Because some people say, it's my money now. I just want to collect it. This is how you know whether what you are doing is right or wrong. Say it openly. Go to your boss. That receipt I want you to collect that money is forged. So give it to me because it is my money. If you cannot say it, it's a deed of darkness. If you can't say it, it's what? It's a deed of darkness. It's a deed of darkness. So you must stop it. I hope you know. There's no food that God did not give you that you will eat that will bless you. Some people use, to, who use stolen money to send children to school. Are you not even afraid for the child? The Igbo will just be hungering him every day. You know what I mean? You know that English word, hungering somebody? Oh, this, uh, it's good to preach in Nigerian English. It rhymes better. Let's say it in English. The boy will just be thirsting to smoke marriage one. Does that make sense? Let's say it the proper way. Igbo could be hungry boy daily. He will only have an appetite to take cannabis. Does that enter? No, Apostle, don't like it. Didn't enter. Let's see. For international, there's okay. For international, there's a boy who just have appetite for drugs, you know, for PCP. There's a drug called PCP. It's called butt naked. Why? Why won't the boy be smoking Indian hemp? The money you give him to go to school, you, you, it's, totally, it's an accursed. Do you know the Bible says, the curse of the Lord is in the house of the thief. Why do you want to send your children to school with stolen money? No matter how intelligent the boy is, he's going to be high on something. Talking about Jesus Christ again. He's our savior. But why he decided to save is because he knows the anger of the Lord. The Lord is good. Let's get into today's message. So our school of prayer. I want to start a new series of teachings today, which is connected to the last one. And these whole meetings we have on Tuesdays, which we call School of Prayer, is based on one scripture. They came to the Lord Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. 
which means that the way the Gentiles used to pray is not the right way. The way they were praying, even when they were under John, is different or was different from how Jesus wanted them to pray. So they came to the Lord and said, teach us how to pray. And what the Lord has helped us to do over the years in our school of prayer, and we have hundreds of messages. If you go to our website, under the school of prayer, just be clicking, you just be seeing different series. I don't know how many hundreds we have now. Different things on prayer. How to pray for your loved ones is there. How to pray for your nation in the time of a crisis. We did a short series when a coronavirus hit in the time of the plague. How do you pray? All these things because it's important you pray rightly. Teach us how to pray. Some prayers are not acceptable before God. Some words are not acceptable before him. There are acceptable words. So that's why we deal with how to pray. We do a lot of how to explain to the people of God. For example, one of the things I believe one of the most important things we have been teaching here again and again is that you do not come to prayer on the basis of the works that you have done. Like we declare it all the time. We enter into the presence of the Father as renewed children of God, each one of us as a renewed child of God. We have not come in the power of the good works which we have done. We have come only because of the grace and mercy which we have in Christ Jesus. It's, that statement is very important. Please let me just spend two, three minutes again to remind us. God is not answering you because of your seed. It's not. Not because of your offerings. It's not. Not because of your fasting. He doesn't listen to anybody because of these things. He can't. It will be an insult to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why does he listen to us? Because of faith. In the Son. It's called righteousness. Hearing is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The reason why God listens to you is called righteousness. It means acceptance. To be accepted before him. You are accepted in the beloved. That's in Christ Jesus. So that's why Jesus told us, ask in my name. Don't come because of what you have done. Ask in my name. Take with you his own promises. Revive me according to your promises. Say to him, very important doctrine, don't ever forget it. Listen, let me say this again. Don't even stylishly, you know what they call stylishly? Like Job said, there are times you can secretly stretch forth your hand to the moon in worship. Sometimes we secretly stretch our hearts to our good works when we want to pray. Just give a massive offering. You now say, Father God, there's something I wanted to ask you for. It is the offering you give in the money you are thinking of. Repent of such acts is wrong. People say give an offering to connect with a blessing is ungodly. Let's say the way it is. These are the things we preachers say because we want people to give. When I want people to give, you know what I do? It's scriptures. He said instruct. That's what Paul said. He said instruct those who are rich in this world not to be conceited. Or to have, or to have the, put their faith in the uncertainty of riches, but to put their faith in God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be generous, and to be ready to share. So what I tell people is, give. You know, we're having co-workers with the other day. Remember what I was telling co-workers? I said, if you use our money to buy a phone, it will break. I'm not playing. Because our co-workers give money on a monthly basis, which they decide. It's not a levy. 
what's our minimum? It used to be 200 naira, right? And our maximum is still 10 million. Have you gone up to 20 million? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I said, but once you make the pledges for one year, you must, for co-workers, anybody can give randomly, but I said, co-workers, you must give regularly. Didn't beg anybody. I instructed. You know why? My name is Timothy. And Paul wrote me that she instructed everybody working with me. Yes. So we preachers, two ways of instructing, direct instruction that I've just given, and then constant teaching, explain things to people. The old covenant had laws. In the new covenant, we have just basically one law, which is what? Love. And all the commandments are fulfilled in that love, and there are two sides to it. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and love thy neighbor as thyself. That's all. So there's a spirit of every instruction, commandment you find under the old covenant. People kill, pastors want to kill people. You must tithe, you must tithe. No. There's a spirit under tithe. Teach that spirit to Christians. Say first free, you must bring your first January salary. That is not, I don't know. Apostle, how did you come up with that doctrine anyway? How did you manage? Nobody's January salary is first fruit. If you want to follow the scriptures, Americans earn first week salary. You know that? Daily paid workers earn first day salary. So which one is first fruit now? You know, there are those who are paid by the hour. They earn first hour salary. If you want to be a law person, you will bring confusion. God will say it's first fruit. The Americans will pay one out of 52 weeks. Nigerians will pay one out of 12 months. And the guys who carry pompon and dig gutter around you, they pay one out of 365 days. You say, check cam, like we say. Does that make sense? No, I'll say the way it is. We have made giving burdensome to Christians. They are burdened. Their hearts are not there. It's only fear of retribution that's propelling them. You use fear of devourer. And listen to me, all the offerings brought because of the fear of the devourer, it's not acceptable before God. You're just wasting your time. I will say it. It's a waste of Christian time. Pastor Blank, why you say all of these things? Because when God wants to start judging, I have to be able to tell him that, like, ask Apostle, I, I, I said, <laughs> Paul said, I have not withheld from you the whole counsel of God. I give you the whole counsel. I'm not calling anybody's name, I'm not attacking anybody personally, but these are things we hear all the time. And I've been raised by God to correct them. And you want to get into legalism, you create a lot of confusion. One of our brothers told me those days, sir, you brought peace into my life. I said, how? He said, I was a walking accountant. If you give me a lift, I monetized it. Are you getting my point? He was a student when we first met. If somebody bought him a Coke, he checked the value of the Coke and he wrote it down. So at the end of the month, he totals all the freebies he has received for the month, monetizes it, and then calculates God's portion. And I was there one day, one man said, that is the whole tithe. No, that is the whole joke. It's not the whole tithe. It's a whole joke. God said, I give you all these laws. We're telling Israel that you, may, that you may learn to fear the Lord thy God. That is, 
Each law, there is something that teaches you about the fear of God. Each law, there is something that teaches you about love. Each law. So when he gave the law, some of the ones want to turn into legal issues now. There's a spirit behind them. So we Christians, we walk by that spirit. So Paul said, walk by the spirit. When Paul said, walk by the spirit in that Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17, he wasn't saying, before you make a decision, pray. I'm praying the spirit. No. Obey the spirit of every law and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. That's what he was saying. So when we are praying, many people, when they come with prayer, they come to prayer, and that's it. That is no. They think they have obeyed those things. I have paid the tithe, so God must rebuke the devourer. I have given my first fruit, the Lord must bring abundance. I have sown my seed, I must prosper. Do you know I have never, you know there's something about spiritual things. Life generally, not just spiritual things. There's nobody I have heard say those things. That will at the same time tell the people. To say God is blessing you on the basis of what he did in Christ Jesus. They can't. It doesn't go together. That's what I mean. Life just, they just repel each other. Remember, why do we do good works, believers? Because we are like our Father who art in heaven. It's our nature. And we live up to that standard. It's just our thing. Why can't we give? We're not afraid of tomorrow. Why do we give? Because we understand that any money that God gives to us, in need there is seed for the sower and what? Bread for food. So we make sure we are not unfaithful servants of the resources of the Almighty God. Why do we give to the gospel? And let me tell you why you should give to the gospel. Let me quickly tell you. That is your plan A. Is your plan B. Is your plan C. Is your plan D. God has done something. It's all the plans you have. It's only in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. God has done something, right? He deliberately did it like that. For example, he left Joshua in the, in the wilderness, even though he believed God. I hope you get my point. So God did something. Say, any, any place I send you in as exiles, we are citizens of heaven, we are technically exiles on the earth. I deliberately tie your prosperity, connect it to a large extent to those, that which is around you. Because if I don't, you will neglect them. He did that deliberately. So he said, do you want peace? He said, there must be peace around you. Don't just sit in your peace alone. Your peace must radiate. Now, this is where I was going. In our nation of today, the only way there will be peace in this land is the gospel of Jesus. That is why the man who wants to appear like he wants to shut off the production of that gospel and the distribution of it, I've said to the Lord, knock him out. What nonsense. He's less important than the multitude that will be in trouble if there's trouble. So why do you give to the gospel? It's the only way you have peace around us. We understand that the gospel is the light of the nations. If you are not giving to it, you don't believe it. If you are not giving to it, you don't believe it. Why do we give? We are responsible people. We are children of the Most High God. We have been blessed to be a blessing. We cannot take just one part of that promise and not fulfill the other part. We have been blessed. Is that promise true or false? 
Answer me, is it true or false? Answer me, is it true or false? Shout it loud if it's true. Thank you. Is it true every day? That means every time I get a blessing, I should know I'm to be a blessing. I hope you get my point. If something comes to me, I automatically know I'm blessed. It may look small, but not only am I blessed in this, I'm also a blessing. So when they pay salaries, I say, Lord, where am I supposed to be blessing? Which area am I to be blessing now? You see how Christians reason? It doesn't cross our mind want to pray. Say, God, no, what God just does is that he looks at you if you have been faithful. You know what he does with increasing money for those who are faithful? So they can do more. Say, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you having all sufficiency in all things. We do what? Abound to every good work. That's what he does. If it costs me 10 naira to eat a meal, and God gives me 20 naira, I can only help one other person. Okay, if we are five in the family, and God brings 50 naira. You know, I have to provide for those people that are directly, that have nobody else. You know, if somebody is on the road, please sir, help me, and you come to my car. The best I can give you is one over 50 of one meal. Do you know why? You are going to 200 cars. Yes. No, as people want to show their generosity, they bring out big money and give to a beggar. Yeah, just doing zakat. You know the cost of zakat? Where did you grow up? You don't know what zakat is. Zakat is one of the tenets of Islam. You no, know, you do it, you say, you know, they give out money, you know, arms. Yeah, arms given. Yes, yeah, so it's not done for the person you are giving, you are, doing it, you are doing it for yourself as a kind of fulfillment of duty. People say, no, when I want to give a beggar, I give them 1,000. I say, eh, you are very generous. I'm not that generous. But I think you are silly. Why should I, do you know how many cars is going to go today? Today, Why should I give him more money than the, person, the boy who's pushing barrel? Why should I reward beg, begging? Habba. If I want to know you are generous, say that guy who pushes barrel from when I go to the market, he charges only 200 naira. But anytime I pay him, I pay him 1,000. Then I know you are generous. You are encouraging the boy to keep coming back. So I tell you, when you want to give the beggar, he's going to ask a hundred cars today. You know that. Don't ever forget it in mind. Be it in your mind. But when my son needs money, he's not asking ten people. He's not asking two people. He's asking one person. The one that has become one flesh. Are you getting my point? My husband and wife. That's it. And he expects everything to be met at that point. That is why he's priority. So if God brings only 59, I'm supposed to feed him. He eats first before the beggar on the road. And so when God wants me to be generous, he won't give me only 59, knowing that I have five mouths to feed, and each one takes 10 naira. He'll give me 60. He'll give me 70. But he demands that I'm not afraid of tomorrow. So that when I'm feeding the five, I remember the other two is for two other people who have nobody else. See the way Christians reason. So that's why God, so when God has seen that I'm faithful in feeding two extra, he says, okay, no, no, go to his house, go to his house. They come, they are ten extra. So I pray again, no, God gives me wisdom, I share with my five and the ten. So next time, he brings more. So for all 15 to be comfortable. Because sometimes we deny ourselves to be able to stretch out the blessing. That's why he multiplies like that. 
Every resources he gives to us, everything he sends to us as resources, you must understand, is for a purpose. Have you ever heard this nonsense talk before? What are these big men doing with this money, Seth? He already has a company. He wants to build another one. You know, that's how people who are genetically, phenotypically poor. That's how they talk. Say, Bishop, are they poor? Ha, this man, do they want to carry the money to heaven? He has four universities. You know, you, are not, you have never risen beyond yourself. So you think everything anybody is doing is the way you do your own thing. When you buy KK so that you can get more money. You buy a card on the side so you cannot get more money. You know, you've been investing for your poverty mind. So when you see a man who built a university, who's building another one, you know what you think? He's because he wants to eat. There are people who are not eating. They are full already. They were full before you were born. Yeah. We're on air, but I can drop this quickly. One of my <laughs> younger colleagues here that day, that, that they are dead, they went for something in Covenant University. So I just sent her a message, say, hey, how is it? I heard the place is fine. He said, sir, this is not Nigeria. And that said to me, best wishes from, in quotes, not Nigeria. Yes. I've heard that thing from different people. And somebody said, that, what are you doing? Why is Nigeria University? Because our children need to go to school. And not, it's not everybody that federal government can take. He said, but this, the poor can't pay. Yes, now you will extract the rich from the public universities. Then there's space for the poor. I mean, that's one way to look at it. But that's not even the real thing. The real thing is that education is expensive. The reason why it's cheap in the federal universities is because the federal government is paying. I hope you know all the money they collect from you in the federal universities. Not one naira is used to pay any lecturer. I hope you're aware of that. Many people don't know. Federal government collects crude oil, sells it, changes it to naira, and pays the lecturers. So if your vice chancellor says everybody pay 50,000 naira in his session, it's for him to cut your grass, tie the road in front of the campus, build those, you know, buy water, do those small, small, small things. As for the salaries of the legion of workers in that place, it is paid direct from Abuja monthly. They call it IPPIS. The visitor does not see it. He doesn't smell it. He only looks at it from a distance and knows that you should come to work because somebody has paid. That's why federal government and private universities cannot compete. But for the private people, it's only what the students pay that they used to pay salaries to their lecturers. And for your information, for these big universities, the lecturers don't collect anything less than the federal people pay, collect. Yeah. You know why? They wouldn't get workers anyway. They wouldn't get lecturers. So next time you want to criticize, please stop thinking like a frustrated poor person. Think like somebody that God is taking somewhere in life. Pray for people who have gone out of their way to invest, to burst visions, and then God will make you a blessing too. Some people are angry. They think Bishop Oedipo is the reason why they are poor. It's not his fault. If he doesn't build a university, you still won't have money. It's true now. <laughs> Let's say this is the way it is. Why is it Christians going around? You know, some of these people are shouting, we have run, oh, do I, all these people. They think that when they call the country, they will now become commissioner or something. I hope you are aware. Oh, I just know how they are reasoning. They think when they call this country now, now we look at government chairman. You, let me tell you the truth, eh? <laughs> The same people who are local government chairmen now, we hijack the new one. They will, you will just be where you are. You will just be angrier. 
Oh, the Lord is good. You know, something I like to talk plenty. To just help Christians thinking like Christians. To let Christians start thinking like Christians. Ignorance is not a good thing. Just be angry. Why is the, poor, why is the rich man driving a big car? If he doesn't drive it, the money will be in the bank. It's not coming to your pocket. Now he has bought it, now at least you can help him wash it and he pays you. <laughs> your chance of prosperity has increased. Just by the way, for those who don't know economics, the more the rich spend, the more the economy grows. I hope you are aware of that. Should we start teaching economics now? I hope not. No, let's get into our message. Because the fact is, a lot of people don't know, just, they are just angry. Let me just pray for you. No, I can't pray for you until you stop being angry. Leave it. When you have stopped being angry, God will open your eyes. You will see your own well. Yes. You will see your own well of water. Anger has blinded. You can't see. Apostle, how did I get there? Teaching out. No, we are talking about teachers how to pray. Why would discuss these things? It's so important. So you don't come to God thinking you have done something great. No. No. You come to him only because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I want to begin to teach today is what I call intercession by faith. Intercession by faith. Intercession by faith. The prayer of faith, the Bible says, we save the sick. James was teaching. He said, effectual, fervent, heartfelt, continued prayer of the righteous avails much. It's important we understand that prayer avails much. But it must be a prayer of faith. It must be. It must be a prayer of faith. I've explained to us before that when the Bible talks about prayer of faith, it simply means it is prayer. It doesn't mean prayer that you say once and you don't repeat. Prayer of faith is not one of the types of prayer that exists. It's not. Prayer of faith is the only type of prayer that Christians have. Every Christian prayer is a prayer of faith. The opposite of prayer of faith, if we were to put prayer of faith as one of the types of prayer, the other prayers that will be in the group are things like prayer of copy. That is how this person prayed. Let me pray like that. I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preaches. That's a prayer of copy. There's a prayer of show. See the Pharisees, they love to pray in the marketplaces. It's a prayer of show. But you, when you want to pray, go into your closet. That's a prayer of faith. The prayer of show is the one we do so that people can be impressed with our eloquence and our dedication. You say, oh, when that man is praying, ha, the hopeless will shake. And you start shaking us so that we'll be able to say it next time. That's a prayer of show. There's prayer of frustration. You don't know what else to say, where else to go. So if you can do anything, you start testing the people. They say one preacher has come to town. We hear he heals the sick. Let's see whether he will heal us. I hope you're getting my point. That's prayer of frustration. There are all kinds of prayers. There's prayer of competition. If I pray hard, they will know I'm an elder in this church. So you can manufacture all that kinds of prayers. These are all the opposites of prayer of what? Faith. But under the prayer of faith, please listen to this. We have all those prayers we talk about. 
prayer of agreement. If two of you shall agree as touching anything that they shall ask, my father, it shall be done for them. That's the prayer of agreement. There's prayer of intercession. There's prayer of consecration. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. There's prayer of intercession. That is, I pray for somebody else. What if there are ten righteous people there? Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah because of Lot. You understand? That's prayer of intercession. Of course, let's not forget, there's prayer of thanksgiving. There's simple prayer of praise. Our God is an awesome God. And we close our eyes, raise our hands, and we thank him for what he has done. That's thanksgiving and praise at the same time. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all of his benefits. That's thanksgiving. I hope you're getting my point here. So all of those things. So we have prayer of praise, worship, thanksgiving. We mentioned dedication and consecration. Different kinds of prayers. But all of them are what? Prayers of faith. Because they are directed at God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we approach him in the name of Jesus. It is not one of the types of prayer. All of them must be prayers of faith. And the prayer of faith works all the time. Now, because prayer so works, Satan knowing that, what can he do to make sure our prayers don't work? Make sure they are not of faith. That's where I was going. He wants to undermine the faith in our prayers. So we're talking about intercessory prayer. Please let me quickly come down to it. Listen, now I want to get to contemporary issues. Right now, right now, Nigeria is severely lacking Christians who pray prayer of faith for it. Do you hear what I said? Please, I want you to go home and pray this prayer. We'll start from here. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that will send what? Laborers. You need to send prayer laborers into this harvest field. Because the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Believe me, the laborers are few. You see what I mean in a moment. Because you see, faith, let me tell you what faith is. One of the manifestations of faith. We'll talk about the, the experience of faith, all right, later in our Saturday series. Maybe within the next two weeks, we'll commence that. One of the expressions, one of the manifestations of faith is what you find in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. Please, let me explain that again. You know, you keep on going over this again and again because people keep on hearing the opposite. So sometimes they forget what you told them before. That's why I go by it again and again. When the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, he wasn't saying you go and look for hope and then you add faith to it to give it substance. No, that's a misreading of that expression. The word there, faith is the substance of our firm expectation. Are you getting my point? The word hope in Greek is not English word hope. The hope in English is I wish above all things. Do you get my point? And like he says, it's wish. It's a desire. Hope in the Bible is expectation. It's all is a result of knowledge. It's a result of information. For example, every day I expect the sun to set at night. I don't pray about it. I just expect it. Why? That's how the sun behaves. It's called rotation of the earth. Whether I like it or not, there's a saying that Africans in Western Nigeria says, the child that does not die must become an adult. Have you heard that before? It's not a prayer point. Once the child doesn't die, once the child is healthy, you don't pray, say, Lord, oh, let this child grow. Anytime you pray that prayer, you know what you are saying? Lord, let the child not die. I hope you're getting my point. 
Why do you expect a child that's two years old to be ten years old in eight years' time? It's arithmetic. Two plus eight is equal to ten. And at the age of ten, he'll be older than he was at the age of two. That's what we call expectation. So, if at the age of um, 99, and your wife is 89, and she doesn't have a child yet, you don't have a child, what do you say? What do you give me, seeing that I die, what? Childless. It's not a desire. It's what the natural course of life dictates by what you can see. But if God now comes, now listen to faith, this is what faith is. If God now says, a laser of Damascus will not be your hair. One that is born by this, your wife, will be the one to inherit my promise with you. And Abraham laughed. And they called the name of the child laughter. It was because he believed God. What he has spoken concerning him, he now says, now I will not die childless. But indeed, my wife shall bear me what? A son. Not his desire. That's not the emphasis. Is that now he has what? Expectation. So Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, faith is what? The substance of whatever it is that we expect. So an expression of faith is what? Hope. That is why you see that Nigeria is seriously lacking those that intercede for it. They expect nothing. Oh, they are praying every day, but not in faith. Oh, they are praying every day. Now you hear their comments. They are praying every day. You hear what they expect. They are praying every day. They want to say, hmm. When they talk about this country, they shake their head. Then they come to church to pray at midnight. They come to church to pray all night. Let us begin to pray for Nigeria. Hey, then, this is the funny part. They now start speaking in tongues. Nothing wrong with speaking in tongues. Genuine tongues are of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Most of those tongues do nothing. See, there are tongues of men. There are tongues of angels. Those are the tongues of confused men. They don't mean anything. Because what I say, I'm speaking with... No, listen, your heart was never there. There was no hope. There was nothing. Listen, faith does something for you. It births hope and it births real prayer. I don't know whether you get my point. Listen, Daniel. I, Daniel, understood by books. So that would be God's word for him. Hope. Oh, so we're going to go back home in 70 years. And he turned around and began to pray. So that what God promised would become effective. The Nigeria of today lacks genuine intercessors. It does. It does. People gather to pray. A lot of people are praying for Nigeria. I can't participate. I can feel the unbelief. Most churches today that I go there and say, let's pray for Nigeria. If you don't give me the microphone to lead, I will not pray. I'm sorry. Pastor, you're not being arrogant. I think it's time for arrogance of some of us. We need it. Yes. The prayer of faith is the one that works. If the prayer is not of faith, it doesn't work. God needs people. One of the sets of people he needs are intercessors. And intercessors have this fight here and die here mentality. Yes. They're not hirelings. There are people who just look and say, no, we have to, let me tell you something, Christians, just ask yourself, what am I living for? I have to live for something. You know, we sit down every day, celebrate Nelson Mandela. I'm not talking about Nelson Mandela. I don't know much about him. We sit down every day, celebrate Namdi Azikiwe. We sit down every day, celebrate um, 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 those are our Nigerian forefathers, Habat Makoli, Fafi Maolo, all those people, you know, Tafal Baliwa, every Nigeria gathered together. And yet the generation who celebrate them don't want to live like them. They don't want to live for anything. 
what they want, you know what? Belly. What they just want is their stomachs to be full. A good government is the one that gives them food. We need to get to a point in life. We need a critical mass like that. Who just say, I lived for something. I lived for something. You know the people that God is looking for right now? He said, I have a, look, when I carved out your country, I had a purpose in mind. Yes, the enemy has purpose to scuttle it. And it cannot scuttle my purpose except it goes through my people. So you know what he has done every day? To wear out the saints with bad news. And sometimes when you hear saints talk, you start having respect for the patience of God. Because if they were your children, oh God, you will have done them something strong. There's this kind of negative attitude you just hear from them these days. Very sad. Today, one of, one of our brothers, you know, and I were chatting. And he showed me a video of two of the Chibo girls. All right? Who, these two, they escaped. They were not the ones that were released. They were those who escaped when they were being taken. So the two girls just finished university in the United States. And if you hear, if you see comments of Christians, I told him, you, now you can see the problem God has. He forwarded to me the comment of two Christians. And I shook my head. Of course, they were interviewing the girls. One white presenter was interviewing them. Two girls from Chibok. They're real Chibok girls. So you see, but you see, they've been in school in the U.S. for some years. Now, this Chibok thing was like seven years ago, right? Is it eight years? I think it's seven or eight years. So that's enough time for you to finish. They were in secondary school. Enough time for you to finish secondary school, get to university. and So they just graduated from school. So they were, of course, you know the way the press like to blow up stuff. So they were not interviewing them. Now, listen, if a young person lives in America for six months, your tongue will change. If you leave the United States for any country in six months, in fact, one of our brothers went to, uh, is, in, is in Eastern Africa. He has learned to pronounce words the way the locals can hear. And in Swahili, they speak natively. They don't speak American English. He has altered his Nigerian English to become Eastern African. East African. He had to. So these young ladies were speaking. So once you hear them, of course, you, you know the American accents already in there. So that very day, as the bus was, as, as, as the truck was stopping, I just, I heard a voice inside me. I should like, you know, that's how they were speaking. Of course, very nice and polished and impressed people without a brain. Let me explain what I'm going to say. I'm sorry, Lord, I said without a brain. I'm very, very sorry. Really, really, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I mean that I'm just angry. I shouldn't be that angry. Okay? It's just impressive. We just like to insult Nigeria. They say, oh, good for them. <laughs> Look at if it was our useless education system now, they wouldn't have made it to this level. I said, why do we talk stupidly? There are many of them who have graduated from local universities, but they are still speaking like Hausa girls. They are still speaking like Nigerian girls. And nobody is putting them on television, making them up for the international TV. So what is impressing you that too, it was predictable. Any girl in secondary school, senior secondary school seven years ago, who escaped? You think he's going back home to go and die? Seven years later, many of them will be graduating. He had nothing to do with the fact that they were the United States. I felt like going to, let's go to Covenant University. Let's see the number of them that came out. We probably will go to, some of them probably got scholarships to go to American University of, uh, in Yola. American University of Nigeria in Yola. They probably did, but no, but, I mean, I would have thought this was common sense, right? Somebody said, you see, testament to the good educational system in America. I said, you are indeed very stupid. You are. There was nothing in it. But you see the heart, 
the ungrateful heart. This was not a problem. If they, it would not have been a problem if they were unbelievers. These are Christians is the reason why I'm talking about it. They say, listen, let me just say the truth. Right now, eh, better go and pray. You know why? Because you are actually, now get my point. You're on your own right now. Very few people are with you in praying for Nigeria. Very few. I think our first prayer point should be, Lord, send laborers into the prayer field. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. You are not praying except you have expectation. Like we said last time, that's what they call prisoners that have what? Hope. Prisoners that have hope. Prisoners that have hope. Without that hope, you are not praying. Without that hope, you are not praying at all. That's something I want you to understand. What is hope? Not desire, please. It's expectation. I like when that girl said that was speaking when I listened to her. When she said that, why well, did she escape? Say a voice in her side, her just said, jump. Because one of the vehicles broke down. So some, and the people following them behind, they were no longer at the back. She said, look, the vehicle was smoking fast, it was high. That was really high. The truck they were in was really, really high. But that she had to make a choice between going with them and dying. It wasn't be, between going with them and escaping. So she and her friend got up and jumped. I think they didn't notice that they escaped. That's how they got away. Now, again, I took a lesson from that. That you see, this life-preserving attitude is the reason why many of us can't escape. Satan keeps us trapped. We're always looking for where we can preserve our lives. Instead of saying that, see, let me tell you the truth. Eh? Take this one as a word of God. Right now, the battle in Nigeria, first, it's not about federal government and the citizens. I hope you know that. It's not between them, no. The battle is not between northern Nigeria and southern Nigeria. I hope you get the point. The battle in Nigeria is not between one tribe and another. I'll give it to you straight. It's between light and darkness. Choose your side. That's what I want you to understand. It is purely between light and darkness. It is not between federal government and somebody. It's not between um, Nigeria Army and ESN. No, it is not between bandits and Nigeria army. It is between light and darkness. And I'm saying to you, light will only triumph when it shines through people. Darkness, listen, darkness is not the absence of light. You know, we keep on saying that. I, 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 even though I've said in the past, darkness is not the absence of light. Darkness is a strong spiritual force. The only thing about it is that light always overcomes it. I don't know whether you hear what I said. If it was the absence of light, it would be passive. But it's not passive. It's a strong spiritual force. It campaigns. It buys newspapers up. It spreads news on WhatsApp. It spreads news on Facebook. It spreads news on Twitter. It oppresses through people. It speaks through pastors. How do you know darkness? It takes down your faith. It removes your resolve to fight. It removes your staying power. You hear words and you lose heart. They post you a video and you're depressed. That's darkness at work. I want to bear it in mind. So it's not like um, um, uh, there's absence of light. No. Darkness wakes up in the morning, in quotes, and strategizes for the day. How do I frustrate the plan of God concerning this nation? This nation of destiny. How do I frustrate the plan of God concerning the people of God in this geographical location? 
So one spirit says one to another, and they come to an agreement, let's wear out the faith of the saints. If the saints can give up, they can't win. Did you hear what I said? If the saints will give up, they can't win. When Israel gave up, it did not enter the promised land. Let me ask you a question. Were there giants in the land? No answer now. Were there giants in the land? I read one report. Okay, I watched it a video yesterday. I had to download the video. When they describe the height of the giants, it's smaller. That is, the way the giants would think of is far smaller than the giants that really were there. When Israel said those giants look, will look like grasshoppers in their sight, they were not joking. Were they there? Yes. Were there bandits in the land? Yes. Was there kidnapping in the land? Yes. Was there power failure in the land? Yes. Was there mismanagement of resources in the land? Yes. Was there nepotism in the land? Yes. They were all there. All kinds of giants. So they said, we need a return to Egypt. We need that foreign passport. You know what happened? They all perished in the wilderness. Not because of the difficulties in the promised land, but because they lost hope. Satan knows he cannot take down the church if they will hold on to faith. Their intercessory power, if it will just be prayer of hope. Now, please, you know what hope means now. I'm not talking about those who say hope is uncertain. Hope in the Bible is certain. Those that hopefully wait for him will not be put to shame. In him, the Gentiles will hope. They are the hope of the Gentiles, that Jesus is the hope of the Gentiles. So it's not uncertainty. Hope is expectation. Do they have an intercessory prayer based on what they expect God to do? Which they are ready, sorry to say it this way, to die for. Not to commit suicide for. To say, Jans, I'd rather die fighting you than for it to be said that I ran away from you. That's all. Like that girl said, it was either I follow them or I die. So I chose to die. So she jumped. And that's how she and her friend escaped. Please, I hope you're following my point here. What we need is intercessors that have what? Hope. Let's do one particular scripture. Then we'll give thanks and then we'll leave it for today. This one we've been reading. I don't know what I read. Oh, yeah, we read it last time. I just want to use it to explain something today. Mark chapter 9. All right. Mark chapter 9. Now, this is a story we all know. I just want to use it to introduce something. Um, when they came back to the disciples, verse 14, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately, when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed at, and began running up to greet them. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth, and grinds his teeth, and stevens out. I told your disciples to cast it out, and they could not do it. And he answered them and said, O unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him. When, the, when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion. And falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. For time's sake, I'm just going to jump down. For, okay, let me just continue reading. No need to jump. 
It has often thrown him, this is verse 22 now, both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, there was a question there. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. After crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out, and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him, and he got up. When they came into the house, the disciples began questioning him privately. Why could we not drive it out? And he said, This kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. Please, I read, this is not the version I wanted to read. This is not, you want to read it, look, right? Yeah, I wanted to bring, I want to read something here. The same story, you read it in the book of Luke. Uh, let me just go to the one in the book of Luke. Or is it Matthew? Sorry. Yeah, Matthew chapter 17. Yeah, everything I've read so far, please, I just need to add this one to it. In verse 19, the, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, please look at verse 19 of Matthew chapter 17. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Then verse 21 is added, some believe from the other portion, which says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting, or except by prayer. Now, the reason why I read this is simple. I want to just explain the reason why we need to pray again. Please, don't forget what I'm about to say. We discussed it last time, just want to remind us of it. That devil, was it tougher than the other ones the Lord Jesus had handled before? If Jesus told you that there's a devil he needs to pray about, would you not have wondered what happened to your power? I hope you're getting my point. He had canceled all kinds of demons. Some of them is not even near there. So this particular one gave his disciples a tough time. And listen to me, gave him a tough time. Now, that was not recorded in the scripture, the second part of what I just said, but there's a reason why I said it. But you hear what happened beforehand was simply that the disciples, because of time, I want to summarize. Maybe we'll come back to it next time. The disciples had littleness of faith. Unbelief was plenty. The man's, the boy's father was also unbelieving. He said, if you can do anything, Jesus said, if I can, all things are possible to him who believes. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. So we have unbelief in two people now. The man and then the disciples. So when he asked, why could we not cast it out? When they asked him, he said, because your faith was small. I hope you're getting my point. Please bear it in mind. Then he now added, nevertheless, this type does not, no, it's confusing now. If he says it's because my faith was small. So it's not because this type is tough. He asked them, he answered them directly. Why could we not cast it out? He said, because your faith was small. He now added a clause that this type would not go out. Except by prayer, literally. Okay, that's what he said. Now, this is what I want, to, I, want to, I want you to understand. 
What, what he was saying in simple terms is that what should have been easy for God to do, all right, has become difficult because of what? Unbelief. Therefore, necessitating special intercession. I don't know whether you got that point. Some say you cast out the unbelief by prayer. No, I really don't think so. I think what he just said, that the same way we raised Lazarus from the dead is how we handle a situation that has been killed by unbelief. Because in the case of Lazarus, you see, he made special petitions to the Father for the release of the spirit and the soul of Lazarus back into his body, and that body had to now be reformed. And he's saying to them here, this one, unbelief has complicated it. I will explain it again. Let me not keep us much longer. Let's bless this country again today. Let's talk about it. Problem, the problem in Nigeria is not hard. The problem that is like solving the issues of this nation for the church is not hard. However, it has been complicated through what? Let me end it with one sentence. Unbelief only in the heart of the church. God does not reckon with the unbelief in the unbeliever. Why will you reckon with the unbelief in an unbelieving person? I don't know where I get my point. Yes, sir. If you open your fridge and it is cold, is that a problem? <laughs> you open your fridge, it's cold. Will you call anybody? Why is this fridge cold? But if you open your fridge, pick a bottle of water and it's Warm. You know, there's this warm you feel in the fridge that's closed and not working. It's warmer than the outside. Then when you hear it, it's working. You put your ear, you know, modern fridges are very silent. You put your ear to the body here. Did that home? Then you open, open it. You open the freezing compartment. It's just nice streaks of water down there. You open the main compartment. Everything is warm. There's a problem. If the unbeliever does not believe, do you think the worry is God? The problem is when the believer does not believe. Let me end with that. Like I said, the problem in our nation today has been complicated through unbelief in the heart of believers. So our intercession is not working. And I'm speaking to the remnant who are listening to me today. You need to rise up and first of all, pray against the situation of unbelief in the church. And the prayer is simple. Lord, raise up people that believe. How do you know they believe? They have hope. How do you know they believe? How do you know they believe? Let me quickly let you know whether you are amongst those who believe or those who don't. Do you have hope or you don't? Say, what do you mean by hope? Where are you investing your money? Your children are going to school. What's the plan? Then SS1, SS2, you don't have money, you're already saving to send it to school abroad. You have no hope. Let's say the way it is. You have money, they offer you land. You're in Enugu, but you know you are from, um, from Kogi State or from Nasarawa. You have money, they offer you land in Enugu. You don't buy. Why? You don't know what to happen to this country. You have no hope. Are you getting my point? You have no hope. This is how you know you don't have hope. That's how you know. Why do you invest in the land? It's a sign of hope. Say, Lord, you will answer us. He said, I will pour water upon the seed that you have sown. The land is dry. He said, plant your seed there. Then you provoke me to pour water. What am I saying? Like I said, let me end it here. Right now in our nation, we need, we need intercessors with hope. 
We didn't read that portion, Zechariah chapter 9. I, I just I opened it in my Bible. Let's leave it for now. We need intercessors that have hope. And I'm crying out to them on behalf of the Spirit today. Rise up, you have hope. They are not many. You are not, there are whole congregations that don't have hope. How do I know? Listen to their pastor. They are all, just listen to them talk. There are many people you are angry with. The other day I quoted one man for us here, an unbeliever, we will call him, which is, well, I'm not saying it's a lie, just say, but just see the way we'll respond to things. What did he say? He said, Lagos is my home, Nigeria is my country. No matter, he said, no matter what it takes, we'll give it back to it. There's something the way he said it. He said, but here, we will thrive, we will prosper. And I said to us before, let me say it one more time. God gives the kingdom to the people that want it. That man who spoke is a Muslim. If we go the way we are going, let me give you the word of God also. Nigeria will survive. But we will not have part in it. Yeah, God will give it to those who want it. The Muslims say, I don't have any other plan. Whatever this thing, nation gives to me, I will give it back to it. But I will stay. You may be giving excuses. So, and it's because these people are in power. God said, me, where am I? I'm in the ocean. Let's rise to our feet. Let me leave it there. Let's give the Lord thanks. I'm not keeping us longer than now. Just give the Lord thanks. Start by giving him thanks for his faithfulness. Say, Lord, you are faithful. I want to give the Lord thanks for his faithfulness. Not because he has done anything for you right now, but because you just know that he's faithful. Say, Lord, I acknowledge that you are faithful. Do that. Do that. I want to hear your voice giving him thanks for his faithfulness. Say, Lord, I acknowledge that you are faithful. Say, faithful are you, Lord. 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 Holy, holy, holy. Righteous, faithful. The Lord who fulfills his promises. Say to him, your plan will stand in my life. It's important you say that. In my generation, in my life, your plan will stand. Your plan will prosper. And I yield myself as an instrument of the fulfillment of the plan of God in this nation, in the church in this nation, in this generation. I yield myself as an instrument of the fulfillment of the plan of God. That's the prayer we are praying today. Yield yourself as an instrument. Say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. It's an important prayer. Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that my faith will not fail. It's an important prayer. That's what we are going to next. Praying. Please, can you grab somebody beside you? Just grab one person. One, not two people, one person. I want you to pray for that individual. Face the person. Face, face, face the person. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Face somebody. Ask the person, please, what's your name? Ask for the person's name. Just say, just give, give your first name, please. Have you done that? Now begin to pray for that individual. And pray, pray for, before the Lord, please pray for that person before the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I'm praying for Nduka. I'm praying for Namdi. I'm praying for Isaac. I'm praying for Chinedu. I'm praying for Amaka. I'm praying for Jane. Lord, that her faith will not fail. That his faith will not fail. Lord, I'm praying. Pour the spirit of faith into my brother. Pour the spirit of faith into my sister. Pour the spirit of faith into your people, Lord, we ask. That their faith will not fail. Raise this one as an intercessor. Raise her as an intercessor. Raise him as an intercessor. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking. Jesus said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Pray that his faith will not fail. Mention that name at least a number of times. Say, Lord, I'm praying for Peter. I'm praying for, you know, Jude. 
I'm praying for Uche. Lord, I'm praying for Chineye. Lord, I'm praying that his faith will not fail. That her faith will not fail. Lord, I pray for Amara. Just mention the person's name. I pray for Eunice. I pray for Timothy. That his faith will not fail. That the news will fade. The news of negative things will fade in his heart, in her heart. But the news of Christ. Mention that person's name. Say, Lord, have mercy upon him. Have mercy upon her. Forgive every negative word he has spoken. Forgive every negative thought she has had. Lord, I ask for your mercy. Lord, I ask for your mercy. Lord, I ask for your mercy. Lord, as he's yielding himself, as he's using herself as your instrument, find him worthy, find her worthy to approach unto your throne for the church in this land. To approach unto your throne for this land of your purpose. In the name of Jesus we pray, Lord. Let his faith not fail. Let the faith of your people not fail. Lord, find our prayers acceptable before you. Lord, find our prayers acceptable before you. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Please still keep, keep that hand in yours. You can hold one if you, so that you can be, be freer. Let me just say this. All right? I feel I should say it. If you, have, if you have negative prophecies, don't be scared. There's a reason why I'm saying that. God doesn't give prophetic words except he expects it to provoke action. Did you hear what I said? It's to provoke action. So by the time he's declaring a word, look at Nineveh. God didn't give that word to Jonah with conditions. He just gave it. Yet, it provoked action and the judgment was suspended. I feel like telling somebody this evening, don't be afraid. What did I say? Because many times prophets have spoken and they are credible. not, Not like they are lying. But know the heart of God. He never wants anybody to perish. Anytime prophetic words come like that, they are telling us, the way you are going, this is where you will end. Are you getting my point? That's what they are saying. If you do nothing, this is where it will end. Then God now raises a man like Daniel, and he goes to Nebuchadnezzar. And he says, wait, what did you dream? I dreamt. This tree came down. This one happened. He said, okay, my Lord. Paradventure, we can suspend his judgment. Now he began to tell him, break from doing evil. Start doing good. Show mercy to the poor. He said, paradventure, there will be a lengthening of the days of your prosperity. And guess what happened? It happened exactly like Daniel said, until the man woke up and walked into pride and said, is is this not Babylon the Great, which I, by myself, built for the strength of my might, for the glory of my majesty. To me is the kingdom, the power, <laughs> and the glory. Was well, that not what he said? And God said, wait, I've warned you people. The bank cannot tell you, Nebuchadnezzar, don't be competing with me for space. 
What am I trying to say? If he never walked in pride and never opened his mouth to utter that statement, that dream would have been suspended until the days of his son. I hope you're getting my point. What does God want from us? What we are doing right now. He's saying the way my people are going, there will be trouble. But if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Unbelief is the height of wickedness amongst Christians. For one more minute, everybody say, Lord, we turn. Pray on behalf of the church. Say, Lord, we turn. We turn from unbelief. The wickedness of the church is unbelief. There is the wickedness of the church. God doesn't give prophetic words to scare us. He gives prophetic words to bring into us the fear of God. Yes, a kind of fear, but that drives us towards God. And judgment is permanently suspended. Say, Lord, we turn from unbelief. I want us to start saying, everybody have to say it right now. Say, Lord, I refuse now. You are saying for yourself now. I refuse to yield any inch of this land to any God apart from the Lord Jesus. Begin to, begin to say that. Say, from the north to the south. Say, God, since you joined me, you joined my ancestors, my fathers, you joined the church to this land, I claim it. It's what you have given me. So I refuse to yield it. From Bono State to River State, from Sokoto to Lagos State, to Cross River, to Zamfara, to Abu, through Abuja, Everywhere in the middle belt, on the left, on the right, the north, the south, wherever. Lord, right now I refuse to yield. Even the forest in Sambisa, I claim it back for the Lord Jesus. It belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I collect it back, so to speak, in the name of Jesus. Every time I have opened my mouth to yield it, every time I have been negligent in my heart to yield it, I repent. I turn. I turn from my ways of unbelieving, of being unbelieving, my way of wickedness. Now, change that prayer and say we. Before you were saying I, now say we. Now we are in agreement. If two of you shall agree, as touching, now hold those hands again. Hold those hands again. Say, Lord, we agree. And we say, Every inch of Nigeria belongs to the Lord Jesus. Begin to pray that prayer. Every inch. We refuse to yield it. Say now we are saying we. We refuse. We refuse. We refuse. We refuse. We refuse to yield it to disorder. We refuse to yield it to anarchy. We refuse to yield it to bandits. We refuse to yield it to killings. We refuse to yield it to any religion. Anyone who says Jesus is not Lord. We perish out of the way in the name of Jesus. So it's our hope is in Him. Our God is the ruler amongst the nations. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Open your Bibles and release those hands. Let's just read this and then we are out of here. Jeremiah chapter 10. As we are ready, we may jump a few verses. Jeremiah chapter 10. What we are doing now, we are declaring these words into the air again. We are saying Jesus is Lord. We are saying the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. We are saying Africa is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
now we are saying specifically from the bottom of our hearts that Nigeria is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen. We claim it for peace. Amen. We claim it for the progress of the gospel. Amen. Every inch of this land where the giants have tabernacled, where kidnapping has tabernacled, where religious persecution has stayed, where banditry has prospered, where invasion of headsmen have been the issue, where kidnappings of schoolgirls have happened, where armed robbery has been the order of the day, where killing of ministers, destruction of houses, burning of police stations, where they are, it has been the order of the day. We claim it back for the Prince of Peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Whatever we shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Amen. We bind trouble in this nation. Amen. Whatever what we shall lose on earth shall be lost in heaven. Amen. We lose the peace of God upon Nigeria. Amen. We bind unbelief in the church of God. Amen. Every pastor that stimulates unbelief, mission, Amen. shut your mouth in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will take you out of ministry and take you for training. Amen. Yes, he won't kill you. you our brother will love you. Our sister will love you. But go to training. You need to go to Arabia for 10 years. That church where you've been, you've been spreading fear and unbelief into our ears to close down for a season. Amen. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar was out for seven seasons and the Lord restored him. Learn your lesson, you shall be restored. Amen. But going, you shall go first. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We declare the lordship of the Lord Jesus into the air. And we'll read it from verse 6 as for everybody. Let's begin to read. Jo- jo- that's Jeremiah chapter 10 from verse 6. One, two, let's go. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. Please go on to verse 10. Say, the Lord is the true God. Yeah, go on, verse 10. The Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the nation quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Verse 11. Thus you shall say to them, the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Read that statement again. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and under the heavens. Now read that statement again. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. One more time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Now what you are going to say, you will say the gods that did not make Nigeria will perish from his authority and from the nation. Say it like that. The gods that did not make Nigeria will perish from authority and from under, from the nation. Let's say that again. This is what we're going to say. The gods that did not make Nigeria will perish from authority and from the nation. Just be like that. And from the nation. One, two, let's go. The gods that did not make Nigeria will perish from authority and from the nation. In the name of Jesus. Let's go to verse 12. It is he who made the earth by his power who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is a torment of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightnings for the rain, and brings down the wind from his storehouses. Let's just leave it here. The Lord is good. Father, we thank you. 
Because you, the portion of your people, you are not like the gods that did not make the heavens, that did not make the earth. You, will, you cannot perish. <laughs> Jesus, your name will not perish from this nation. Amen. But it shall progress. Amen. It shall advance. Amen. Those who are angry with you, I feel sorry for them. Oh, those who are angry with the Lord Jesus. Lord, just throw them out of the place. Throw them out. Only if they are stubborn will you bring the full rust of your indignation. Because you are the God that made this nation. You made the heavens. You made the earth. The maker of all are you. And Israel is the tribe of your inheritance. The Lord of hosts is your name. We say thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. But let me end with this. Please continue to pray like this. Remember, Fati Adaya. Remember my Fati Adaya? Yes. You are an intercessor with hope. You are claiming something for the Lord. Someone say, what's Fati Adaya? Fight here and die here. That's what it means. <laughs> Just a joke. My friends and I used to crack when we were in secondary school. We saw it in a movie, actually. Remember, that's what you are. You are an intercessor. You have yielded yourself. Let me say to you before you go, your faith will not fail. Amen. Your faith will not fail. Amen. Your faith will not fail. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, before we share the grace, um, if you are joining us uh, on Facebook, um, Twitter, YouTube, and Mixlr, thank you for joining us today. Uh, this is Kingdom World Ministries. From here, we teach the Word of God and we prophesy into the nation and into the nations. I want you to join us again. We meet like this on Saturday and on Tuesdays. And on Fridays, we have a special Bible study. And that Bible study is interactive. It will also hold this Friday. Please join us for our Friday uh, meeting here. And for all our declarations and everything, go to our website. And we have over 1,400 messages there which you can download. Uh, what you can do for us in payment for those free resources is to share with somebody. Tell somebody about it. That's what we want. We want to raise Christians in this country that truly have faith in God, who truly love the Lord. Why a blessing to this nation. That's one of the things that we desire. God bless you. Uh, join us next time. Uh, you can join us in giving to the work of the ministry. The information will be displayed, I think, on, the, on your screen right now. All right? I think that's all. All right. Thank you very much. We'll see you on Friday. We, you hear us on Friday. We'll see you on Saturday. The Lord is good. So let's share the grace in unison. Want to let's go? Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you bless two people with those words? This is your season. Demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. One more person. This is your season. One last one for yourself. This is my season. The demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Cheer up, brethren. Hey, hey, are you tired? Cheer up, brethren. Thank you. God bless you. The word works.